The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin No Speaker Wednesday. Gary, how are you? Taylor Swift for speaker. I think she'd make an excellent speaker. <laughs> I think she would make an excellent speaker. Uh, by the way, uh, this breaking news over the last uh, four minutes, uh, Matt Gates has said he wants to fight Mike Tyson. Uh, here's some of the audio from yesterday. All right. Just uh, so every, we, can, we can start this thing going. My mm-hmm. colleague says we've passed the strongest border bills in history. Well, guess what? Look at the border right now. We didn't use sufficient leverage in the debt limit or in any other thing to actually get results on the border. The border is a disaster, really something I don't think you're going to be campaigning on that you fix the border. Second, you said you streamlined regulations. What the gentleman from Louisiana doesn't tell you is that all of the regulatory reform he was just bragging about is waivable by the stroke of a pen of someone in the Biden White House. Do you really think you've got anything for that? It's a total joke. And then finally, the welfare to work that the gentleman from Louisiana said we got. The welfare programs that they said that they streamlined with their welfare to work stuff, they're actually going to grow. Because while they did work requirements, they blew out those programs with expanded eligibility. I'm real glad you guys didn't put work requirements on Medicaid. It probably would have resulted in Medicaid expansion. So there he was uh, yesterday, part of uh, what he had to say. Here's Kevin McCarthy after the vote. I don't think it says about the Republican Party. I think it says something about some people who are not a conservative. I mean, if you were a conservative and you only had one entity making the battle and you vote against securing the border, you vote against cutting fund, this wasteful spending, and then you partner with all the Democrats. Now, you'll phrase it all the other different ways, that's not a conservative. Every, look, you all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it. Join in quickly. That's not governing. 
I don't even know where to start because I've got so much to say. I, I was thinking on the way in. I said I, I could probably monologue for five hours mm-hmm. on uh, on uh, on on all of this. You know, because you sit there and you hear the arguments. Okay, okay. Well, uh, there are legit arguments on both sides. You know, uh, what Gates was you know talking about, and then what McCarthy was talking about. Because the thing is, what makes it tough for Gates to win this uh, in the Republican Party is number one, unanimous support from Democrats. You can't win that. You can't accuse the other side of working with the Democrats and then do this. Right. Politically, you you can't. You cannot win that inside of the Republican Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, but I mean, uh, both are you know both are claiming you know, we're conservative. We're conservative. Gates hurt himself because in the continuing resolution that was approved by the House Freedom Caucus. Mm-hmm. Those are the conservatives there. You had, it was Gates and some of the other uh, eight that voted against uh, McCarthy that voted against something that actually would have cut the budget and that the that the uh, uh, House, uh, again, Freedom Caucus agreed with. And politically, it's tough for Gates on that part. The other thing is when you start talking about all the issues out there you have to understand and you know uh, i i don't believe we have to tout our uh conservative libertarian credentials on the debt and the budget because we have criticized republicans for years on that stance you and i 18 years ago uh taking on uh you know tom delay Mm -hmm. when he said oh we've cut the budget as much as possible Mm so uh our if if you've listened to the show, you know where we stand. But you also have to understand. Well, but oh, back at that time, they had both the House and the Senate. Yeah, you know that right. that right. that's the point. That's why we were extremely critical, understanding that you have such a narrow margin here, and that you have the Democrats in the House and Biden with, uh, you know, heading the executive branch. We said that when the republicans won uh we in in november of 2020 we said you're not going to see a lot of substance what this is going to be over the next two years everything has to be incremental and the republicans being honest with the american public about a lot of different things and the fact is it is going to be incremental until you can get a bigger majority and get the Senate and then hopefully also get the White House. If you get the Senate and there's a Democrat president in 2024, still, if you take the right positions, uh, you might have a Democratic president that would feel pressured, especially with the insane ideas you know that they, they have. But, you know, Matt Gates talks about we have to cut, but he doesn't talk about what we would really need to do to balance the budget. He never talks about, you know, how we're going to have to. And by the way, I'm not just picking on him. I'm just I mentioned him because he's the one that really led the ouster of McCarthy based on the fact of one of the issues is we've got to cut. We've got to cut. We've got to cut. We've got to cut. No, this is his show. Yeah, this. Yeah. So this is his show. But he doesn't talk about the fact that we have to reform entitlements. He is one of the he is one of the. Uh, what I view as populist Republicans out there, which is not conservative, stating we can cut the budget by cutting 
the funding for Ukraine, other foreign, you know, other foreign aid, and stopping the wasteful spending. Well, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. And no. so that's the reality of, you know, what you actually are faced with. Uh, I uh, again, I've had my problem. I have my. We don't have to say this. You know, I'm even though I'm a conservative libertarian, I actually have some problems with Republicans. You know that everybody knows it. Mm. You know, we're we're not we're not the typical show. I was, you know, for example, talk about you know Homer positions and Sean, an old friend of mine, but Sean Hannity and Jim Jordan. Oh yeah, and they're thinking about Trump now. You know, and this, you know, the oh wow, wow, if it could be Trump speaker, that's not going to happen. Not gonna With happen. all due respect, shut up. You're the only two talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, so stop talking well, no, about it. No, it was on social media. Well, it's like Trump's not going to be yeah, speaker of the house. Yeah, it's not really, going to happen. Nobody's talking about right. that in, in a and, serious tone. Let's you know, let's grow up. Yeah, because there are a couple of things here. Whatever Matt Gates thought he was solving isn't going to be solved by revo- by removing McCarthy. What he whatever he said he was trying to fix isn't going to be fixed by Steve Scalise. No. Nothing no. changed except a personality conflict is over. Well, a personality conflict is uh, you I think that's a legit point. Uh I also think that when you look at where we, you know, where we are right now and the purpose of the Republicans when they won until next year was to convince independents because that's what you need to win was to convince independents that we can govern reasonably and the other side is insane. And I think McCarthy was doing not a great job, but he was doing a good job at doing it. His manner, his tone. If you get up there at Speaker of the House and you start screaming and yelling, yeah. you're not going to convince independents. No. And you also have to realize, as we stated before, this very tenuous position that Republicans are in to cut because we're at the point of no return that if you start cutting, it's going to affect Americans. And Americans and even populist Republicans are promoting the fact that we can cut the budget by getting rid of foreign aid, uh, supporting Ukraine, and uh, uh, getting rid of wasteful spending. Well, you can't. You're lying to the American public. You're not going to change the deficit. You're not going to reduce the debt. It's not going to happen. Whatever you say you want to happen, the problem wasn't Kevin McCarthy. He may be he, he may have been a small part of it, but it's the Republican Party. And I know that Matt Gates, I was uh, actually driving while listening to him uh, yesterday afternoon when he was talking about, you know, we have to this has been going on in the Republican Party for a long, long time. And that part is true. Mm-hmm. But removing Kevin McCarthy is like saying, I'm going to remove some of the sand off of this beach and taking a, mm-hmm. a cup full of it and then leaving with it. It's not going to, you're not going to see a noticeable change all due respect to steve scalise who will be a a fine speaker i'm sure but the thing is well if he's speaker if he decides if 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 they decide to vote him in but i think he's going to get the votes and so here's the problem you're not going to change anything well you just you're voting for somebody who didn't vote to get rid of McCarthy. And and exactly (laughs) and you're not going to you're not changing anything in, in terms of the dynamics the makeup right now in the House for the GOP has not changed. 
the problem look we we understand that the republican party has not been as conservative as we would like that no we that's what we believe now that's, but that's that's a now, long-standing right. problem but a lot of other republicans <laughs> don't because a lot of other republicans well, all they need to do is cut foreign aid uh-huh. and cut wasteful spending and boom uh-huh. we have a balanced budget uh-huh. that is not anywhere close to the truth yeah that's and, old that's, that's an old and tired Argument. And, and they promoted it. And we said they're in a tenuous position because the American public, again, the American public, independence I'm talking about, mm-hmm. can be very fickle. We need the cuts. We cannot continue to do this. You can't cut that. Well, you're going to have to. There yeah. is no magic bullet in order to get there. As, you know, for Ukraine, because it's like, is it personal? Is it a personality thing? Uh, is it because of the ethics complaints? And mm. I was reading up on that yesterday. They said, we really don't know what the ethics complaints are. You know, the Democrats had it. Then the Department of Justice decided they're not going to prosecute. Mm-hmm. But then the investigation under Republicans still continued. And now there's, you know, the, the uh, the I guess the, I won't even call it an allegation, but it's, and I don't know, it could be fed by Gates' enemies. I don't know that, mm. you know, part of it is, you know, is bribery. That's mm. what they're looking into. Mm. I think National Review or Wall Street Journal had that, mm. what they were, you know, what they were actually looking into. And but they said, really, that's been kept under. Really, there's been no leaks on this. They really don't know what the ethics committee has. If the ethics committee has anything that is damning to him, he'll be gone. Oh, yeah, I have no doubt. He'll he'll be he'll he'll be gone. You yeah. can't do that to a political party. You can't do that without being gone. His influence in the Republican Party actually will go in the opposite direction, I believe. No, I think I think so too because so so what what is it that a Matt Gates would hope to be uh to change here? Part of it would be what? A lesson for the next speaker of the house? You better do this or this is going to happen. We'll use the Democrats and some leverage there in order to get our way and and oust you as well. well I mean, we- is this the new impeachment? Mm-hmm. Is this the new censuring? Well, when you see for the GOP or when, for Matt Gates, when you see, for example, you know, you, you know, when you see, for example, Chip Roy, we've played Chip Roy going crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. thought that, you know, at times he gets so angry about where we're going with the debt funding for Ukraine, a, mm-hmm. a bunch of different things out there mm-hmm. that I thought he this guy's so angry. He's, and, you know, he didn't vote to get rid of McCarthy. Right. And so you had a ton. And I think there's uh, probably some of those that are on the House um, Freedom uh What's it called? Committee? Caucus. Caucus. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, that believe he's betrayed them. Yeah. That they that mm-hmm. they had that, you know, we're the true conservatives. We're you know, we're actually we're conservative, but we're also Trump supporters. That's the other thing, too. The split between people that support Trump mm-hmm. on social oh, yeah. media. You yeah. saw some Trump supporters saying this is a victory for Trump. Well, you had more Trump supporters. Yeah. It's not right. vote. Uh, yeah. You right. Know, not not vote to get rid of McCarthy thinking it's a. Stupid political well, idea. When they were live with Matt Gates, they were talking to him, and he said, "No, the, that the former president Trump uh, supports what he's doing. He's talked with him in recent days, and the whole thing." And Trump had just posted on his social media site that he didn't think this was a good idea. And this is, you know, these are the things that are the are the back and forth. Kevin McCarthy was just a figure. And and whoever is next, if it's Steve Scalise or whoever else, is going to they're all going to be scarred, and this is why a number of them don't want the job, because you have to 
negotiate. You're going to have to meet some of those folks that you don't agree with, and I mean within your own party, somewhere in the middle. And that happens a lot. In fact, it happens on most days as Speaker of the House. we got a great show ahead, 866-90-RED-EYE. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. Without the proper lubricity, you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec, to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards and the Engine Manufacturers Association's recommendation for lubricity to keep your fuel system protected. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. By the way, I'd be fine with Scalise. I mean, I, I yeah, sure, I, I would have no objection to uh, uh, him at all. Right. It's interesting, though. You know, when you think that um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, Bobert. Well, mm-hmm. Bobert's in a. She wasn't. I, I knew she wasn't going to vote against him mm-hmm. just because of everything that's happened. And yeah, you know, and in, uh, in 2024, in mm-hmm. her race. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just barely won last time, mm-hmm. uh, but you had a, a ton of uh, people that you know have voiced their disapproval uh, and things that thought McCarthy could be doing better. That I believe understood the the uh, the chaos that it will cause. Now I want to make this clear: the chaos could be short term. Yeah, because most people, uh, if, I didn't get a chance yesterday, but it would be interesting. To, I wish I was going back just to New York to see some of my friends that aren't political and just say, what do you think about the speaker thing? Oh, yeah, something about, yeah, the guy, whatever. The majority of Americans probably can't tell you who the speaker is. Now, mm-hmm. if this causes the Republicans to be blamed for a shutdown in November, then it becomes an issue. Oh, yeah. Inside right. of Washington, this right. is huge. But if they take a week off and come back and Scalise in two weeks is speaker again, mm-hmm. then... The 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 damage I believe is is uh, limited. I'm not surprised. You know, I I saw that you know, so many in the media, you know, were just you know angry about this and screaming about this. I'm talking mm-hmm. about conservatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think you and I always. I won't speak for you here, but I think I do think you and I. Well, we sort of expected that this was eventually going to happen. We talked about this back in 2016 about the eight different demographics. We broke it down, the eight different demographics that we uh, could identify that voted for Trump. Mm. And one of the demographics that was very loud 
was we don't care if the Republicans get through on policy. We just want them gone. Yeah. We just want sure. the leadership gone, the swamp, mm-hmm. the swamp, mm-hmm. whatever it is. We mm-hmm. want the swamp gone. And uh, I think that that still exists in a minority part of the Republicans. And that may be s- some of the reason of what happened yesterday, because it doesn't make any political sense. What Gates, what Gates and the other eight well, did. Well, Matt Gates actually said it. I mean, I, I think he used the word establishment. I, I can't remember if he actually used the word swamp, but he was implying that. Yeah, so I think that was part of it. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 truck stop at exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store and of course the super truck showroom stocked with plenty of chrome lights and more while you're there don't forget to visit the iowa 80 trucking museum next door it's free the entire team at the iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you they look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years sending you a giant thank you from iowa 80 the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Speaker McCarthy is out. Let's go to Tom in Naples, Florida. Tom, welcome. You're on Rod Eye Radio. Hi, Tom. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling. All the all the all the hubbub down here in Florida, local talk shows. All they're saying is that this is Matt Gates's shot across the bow because he wants the governorship of Florida. And, you know, as far as what I think about it, I think it is the worst thing that could be done to remove when you don't have anything to replace, much like 
Obamacare. Republicans complain, complain, complain. Obamacare this, Obamacare that. But when they had the numbers and the votes, what did they have to offer? Nothing. So, well, that was also, but that's also, that's another thing that the Republicans are facing. The reason that Republicans didn't do it is the polls showed that the Republican rank and file, the Republican voter, wanted them to get rid of the mandates, uh, you know, get rid of the mandates and get rid of the taxes on it, but they didn't want them to get rid of Obamacare. Yeah, the benefits they didn't want them to get rid of. And this is something we talked about for years about, you know, this is, uh, and, and, and regarding this issue here today, this is what we're, you know, changing the speakership does nothing about, it's not going to um, reduce the national debt. It's not going to solve any of the fiscal crisis that we're in. It's not going to change anything in any direction because the rank and file GOP voter is not on board any for the momentum most part. We had any momentum we had as conservatives just got thrown out with the bathwater. Well, you know, I, and what, I, yeah. why would Gates do this? Well, I would I would say yes. I would say that that if you because what you want is you want to try and and at least move the needle. There's nothing wrong with fighting for more cuts. There's nothing more uh nothing wrong with fighting for uh reduced spending and all of this and you and you work with whoever the speaker is. It doesn't matter who the yeah. speaker is. This comes down to one thing. This was a personality conflict. It goes back oh, to January. We saw personal. it. We saw it play out in January between the two of them. And solving that part of it does not solve anything in terms of the makeup of the GOP on Capitol Hill because the rank and file, they're not on. Uh, look, when conservatives would call, would when conservatives would, would respond the way that we did back in the day, it would be like TARP 1. We shut the Phones down on that first vote on TARP 1. Well, those yeah. days are gone. I don't know where the conservative rank and file has gone to, but there are m- much fewer of them in existence today. And that's, uh, frankly, that's I, not. I think a lot of them are fed up. I think a lot of them are well, fed up. Could and be. Just I, yeah, it and, could be. You know? I, I can't tell you, but, but I can tell you right now, they're not vocal. Because when they're vocal, we can absolutely make a seismic shift when we speak out. There are very few of us left these days yeah. that will do it. Now, yeah. this is this is going to be a terrible thing to say, but as some other uh, newscasters and talk show people have said it, you have to admire the Democrats for one thing. They stick together. Where on our side, we just do not. Well, you, you think about it, they mm. they stick together with insane ideas and currently have more power yeah. than the Republicans because they they stick together. And, and they, that's insane. And, and, and I think they understand, yeah. too, that it's yeah. incremental. Thanks. Tom. So you don't do it. You don't do everything up front. You do everything up front like they did when they gained power. Right. And right. now there's a backlash and there's this great opportunity for Republicans, as we had stated. And we haven't changed our position at all on this. We said in November of 2020, once they had the House, we said, mm-hmm. understand, you're not going to see a great deal of accomplishments, but it's about educating the American public and and you know and and moving in the right direction, communicating with the American public about what you want to do, common sense things. You can't you're not going to be able to do major cuts. It can't happen. Right. Because, again, and this is where 
Gates and others won't address it. They'll talk about we need to cut, we need to cut, we need to cut. Mm. But they don't talk about the fact that you have to in order to cut. If you're going to cut, you have to reform the entitlement programs. Yeah. And if right. you're not, but I, you know, not going to say that because people don't want to hear that. So to me, and I, I heard, <laughs> saw on social media, he's become a performance artist. Mm. Uh, but, you know, there there is a part of virtue signaling here where you're screaming and screaming and screaming and claiming you're one thing, yet you had a continuing resolution. May not be everything that you want. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to actually have a budget where you go through everything, you know, point by point by point by point. But you don't have the votes. Yeah. You don't have the votes to do it. Right. And so you say, okay, the Republicans, we need to shut down the government. You lose independence. Right. At that point. And the whole goal is to get power in 2024. And then you see what you can do at that particular point. And especially now where inflation is caused by government spending, you know, where you finally have the abstract hitting reality, you have a great opportunity, the Republican Party, to convince the American public we need to moderate here. We can't do all these things. We have to have a long-term plan. You're not going to cut 15% of the budget. That's not happening. No. And I want to cut 15% of the budget. I want to cut more than that. But I have to understand, what system are, are we under here? What is this? Well, it's a Republican. Here's what you have to uh, uh, do. But I will say when he said, why did Matt Gates do it? I think it's partly what we saw. The group of Republicans that just... You know, they want to they want to win the battle, not the war. For example, the lead headline on Fox Mm -hmm. an hour ago was, all right, they kicked Nancy Pelosi out of the office. You saw you saw the social media go crazy. Finally, they're doing something. Well, that's diddly and squat. What are they doing? Yeah, that's diddly and squat for that to be front page in Fox shows you how pitiful the Republican Party has become. Now, she shouldn't have kept her office, Mm -hmm. but. That means nothing. It means nothing when it comes to the policy of what you want to be enacting. But the symbolism, and there was that group that was completely and totally symbolism. Mm -hmm. We just want to destroy the leadership of the Republican Party. We don't care what they even do. And we had talked about this because the swamp started because Paul Ryan wouldn't, you know, Paul Ryan wouldn't, uh, you know, redo the, the deal with Democrats. Right. And people were screaming about it, and I believe that's what made Trump really got him going because he, you know, that the swamp really became uh, a calling card for him. Six months later, the same people are saying, "Well, we need to do what Trump says." Trump says that we need to pay uh, off the debt with uh, uh, fifty cents on a dollar, and he also said we should be borrowing a ton more money for infrastructure because interest rates are low. Well, they completely became. It was like, do you have any policy besides? We just want to do whatever we want to do at the moment and blow up something. Well, you know, just we, for the sake of blowing it up, and and that's yeah. you know that's the thing. But that existed in the Republican Party. We've dealt with it. Well, we we talked to people who said, yeah. no, I just want the Republican leadership blow it up completely and start over from the beginning." Tom mentioned something about the Democrats, you know, sticking together. I mean, you, you say what you will about AOC, and she was fairly vocal about uh, you know uh, her disdain on a number of issues with uh, leadership for the Democrats when Nancy was speaker. But this was not what happened yesterday was never going to happen. AOC was never going to happen. Even if she had the votes to do it, it wasn't going to happen. These are the things that you look at. And you also mentioned something, the battle versus the war. The war is what must be won because in order to win elections, 
The Democrats are doing what they're doing. Think about this. The border is broken. Inflation is high. Over the last year and a half, we've had record inflation for a generation. We've got interest rates so high now that it's not because it went the travel on interest rates. They're not the highest interest rates, but the travel on interest rates has been so great. They accelerated so greatly. People can't afford a home. They can't afford a car. Inflation is adding to the cost of a car. All of these things, major cities, the crime, had it to where, think about this. You had Democrats who actually were talking about a deal on the border. Now, I don't know what that deal would have looked like. I have no idea. Or if it will get done. Maybe it will get done if whoever the next speaker is, and it actually does get done. They're talk- And you've heard the breaking. You've seen the fissures already with the Democrats because they know they're not winning, but they're still winning elections. Well, look, and you can't win the war until you change hearts and minds. Changing the Speaker of the House isn't going to win the war. Changing hearts and minds will do that. And you're going to have to do a better job campaigning. And that goes for Matt Gates and everyone in the GOP. Period. You can't win that war without changing hearts and minds. And right now, the only thing you're doing is this this little bit of, you know, this battle. It's more like it, it honestly. Most Americans probably saw this as nothing more than a Twitter war. And it was pretty historic. And and most Americans have no idea what a continuing resolution exactly. is versus passing a budget. Exactly. It means nothing to exactly. Them. You've got to change and, uh, the hearts and, and minds on the fundament. Exactly. You're, no, that's a good point because Matt Gates was bringing that up on the floor. Yeah. You know, we you know CR after CR after CR. We need to. Well, we're with you on that. But before you get there, you've got to have the power to do it. And Matt Gates can't do those things. He was able to oust the Speaker with the help of the Democrats. That's how this thing went down. He's not go- You're not going to change the world. You, you just saw something. You saw an opening. You used that leverage, and that leverage was zero without the Democrats in the House. And you know it. And so here we are. Now we're going to clean up for the next week and see what happens on the vote. Bring in the next speaker and two things will change. Diddly and squat. 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, Speaker McCarthy, well, former Speaker McCarthy out. <laughs> Let's go to Curtis in Austin, Texas. Curtis, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Hey, boss, I respectfully disagree with you guys. I think the way you educate people is by doing their job, their first job, which is to, do, to, to create a budget and pass a budget through the House. And that would then give them something they can point to, a textbook, if you will, so that they can actually educate the people about the reforms. Uh, we lost Hello? you. Are you there? 
Hello? Okay, Curtis is gone. Okay, I, right. I think he got a message out. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. The, the, the goal is to win in 2024. Yeah. And so you had a continuing resolution that had border security measures that would make, uh, uh, you know, the, when, when it comes November, would make it stronger. You actually had cuts that the, uh, the House Freedom Caucus agreed with, conservatives agreed with. You're playing semantics here and saying semantics is the way to go, where the way to go is move forward incrementally and convince the American public to vote for you in 2024. And to sit there and say, we need a budget instead of a continuing resolution. You think you think the majority of Americans even know what the hell you're talking about? You're not they gonna, don't know. You're not going to move any needles that way. Yeah. And and politically, that's just not the way that, that it works. Changing hearts and minds is on the ideas. Yeah. When you get into the semantics, people turn off. They turn away. They don't care. They just simply don't care. You can try and make them care, but it's not going to work. So what you focus on is the ideas of why the national debt is so dangerous why uh running such a high deficit is dangerous why inflation is what it is why it's the result of this massive spending over and over again and if you side with matt gates then you need to criticize him for talking about the fact that we need to cut but not telling you that in order to cut we're going to have to cut entitlements. You're going to have to reform entitlements to right, do it. Right. It's not possible any other way. And for him to do that right. is taking the easy way out, that I'm the one that's going to cut and bring a balanced budget because we're going to get rid of foreign aid, we're going to get rid of support for Ukraine, mm-hmm. and we're going to cut wasteful spending. Mm-hmm. No. If you're going to balance the budget, not reform Medicare and Medicaid, or excuse me, Medicare and Social Security means you're going to have to cut it or drastically raise the rates, right. one or the other. Right. He won't talk about that. So let's stop this whole thing about, well, he has the guts to do it. No, you have the guts to do it if you've come up with a plan and said the Republican Party is wrong. We need to do this. We need to cut Social Security. We need to cut Medicare. Or we need to raise the rates in order to balance the budget here. And but to sit there and, and just say, I'm going to cut, but I'm not going to get any details is the same type of virtue signaling that you see from liberals. And it assumes that changing the Speaker of the House is going to get those things done. Which it's not. That's the whole point that we're making. It doesn't change anything because it doesn't change the makeup of the GOP in the House. So changing the, the Speaker of the House is solving one thing. A personality conflict. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Are you into weird, spooky, and strange history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, unsolved mysteries, the paranormal, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Horrifying History, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
America starts the day with America in the morning. Pending home sales numbers, they tanked in April, but there are. Hi, I'm John Trout, your host for the latest news, politics, entertainment, business, and weather. Octane action in the dust, a new film puts. Our staff of correspondents provide a fast paced look at the world with specialized reports from where news happens. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Amazon. Concise, accurate, and fresh each day. America in the morning, the podcast, available wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Speaker out who will be in. We won't know for another week. Uh, to the to the last caller, I understand where you're coming from. If anybody understands the frustration, it's us. Yeah, We've been sure. talking about it. This week is 34 years. <laughs> and as I mentioned, 34 years ago this week, when I was forced to become a talk show host, the number one topic was clean sweep. And that people were, you had citizens in front of congressional offices all over the country with brooms we need a clean sweep because the debt is too high yeah 34 years ago so i understand it and we don't i don't think we differ in where we want the republican party to go sure sure i don't think we differ at all it's how you you know how you get there and i'm sorry we lost him but uh, yeah. Because I would like to, you know, I'd like just have that conversation. But I don't. Again, I'm not putting anybody on a pedestal. You know, no, we, I don't. No. I don't practice. We don't practice any type of of political idolatry, even in a minor form. There are no heroes for me in politics. I look and say, okay, the ideas are what move it forward. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Every when I, I think probably maybe somebody's in the Senate. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, maybe, um, uh, what's her name from California? The Democrat. She might have been in office when I became a talk show host. I can say this. 99% of the people in politics uh, when I got into talk radio are gone. The late Dianne Feinstein? Is that who you were thinking of? No, 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 no. Mm. In Congress. Mm. Remember the one that was screaming that, uh, you know, that you should go after and harass Republicans? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, you know, look, we've had this issue with Republicans. Maxine Waters. Okay. Uh, we've had this issue, I don't know, for a long, long time. And, and also there's been a, you know, a back and forth within the 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 uh group of conservatives all of us boots on the ground rank and file uh and we've had discussions like this the first time we went after George W Bush on spending ooh man the phone calls well you can't do that actually you can and you should 
And that really was, I don't know, that wasn't the start of of the, uh, you know, the, the shift. Uh, maybe it was. Of where conservative rank and file would say, okay, look, we, we can actually change things within the party if we'll just speak up about it. But again, we only have a handful now of us that are willing to be vocal. And that's unfortunate. And it's not just about being vocal. It's about voting. I mean, if you look at the makeup on Capitol Hill, um, it is it just simply in the Senate and the House. It just simply is not representative of a conservative nation when I do believe on the issues that we are. And I don't know why people aren't more vocal. I I don't know. But a, a number of things have changed. This social media approach to everything, of needing to post something, of needing to, there's nothing wrong with voicing something but the intent is often not to voice but to get attention for you and it shouldn't be about that it should be about again changing hearts and minds and and having conversations where people learn things and they say okay well yeah that makes sense we need to make these cuts yeah it makes sense that we're not going to be able to sustain this debt we're not going to be able to at some point even service the interest on the national debt. And so, yeah, this is a big problem. Now, I want to make clear to the last caller, neither Eric or I are guaranteeing or saying that even if McCarthy stayed and they did everything incrementally, that if they got power in 2024, they're going to do what we want. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not not making that case. Uh, But the fact is, I know that you have to do it because in a republic, if you don't have the power, you don't have the power. Yeah. And now that we're right up against, there's two things, as we've talked about. The abstract hitting reality. But that goes both ways. The abstract hitting reality. You spend like crazy. Inflation goes up. Cost of living is, is, is horrible. Look, some of the news items we'll get to here in a little bit that, you know, inter- uh, mortgage rates now close to eight percent. Yeah, eight uh, percent. Did you see the uh, ten? You see the ten-year, like the ten-year Treasury bill. It's like four point eight percent right now. The the uh, I saw the six month was like five point six, and you know you're talking about financing the debt, which is just is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, there are no guarantees, but it's like, what do you do if you're a political party? How do you defeat the insanity of the left? Because the things that they believe are insane. Yeah. Starting with the man can be a woman because a man says so. And a child should have the right to genital mutilation. Right. And and so, as we said, when the Republicans took over, it's got to be incremental. You've got to sit there. Now it's time to instruct the American people where we are in history. And it's time not to continue to promote the falsehoods that we can balance the budget by getting rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending. We can't. That's how bad it is. Mm -hmm. And as long as Republicans and some Republicans, and I'm not referring to the last caller because we never had that discussion. So I don't know what he, but for Republicans to believe it or talk about the fact as Gates has that I'm for cutting, cut, cut, cut. We can't do this to the American people. We can't do it to the American people. Well, then what's your plan? 
just a basic outline of what you would do. You didn't get it from him. I think uh, both, uh, I think uh, National Review and even the, you see Joel Pollack from Breitbart? Oh, mm-hmm. just blasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, blasted Gates. And again, what he wants to, what he says he wants to do is what I want to do. But when we tell you what needs to be done, there's not a lot of excitement about it. No. It's not rah, rah, rah. When no. we say, here's what you got to do. You got to reform Social Security, mm-hmm. which means you either have to privatize it, which you can't say. Because we live in this nation that's saying, no, Social Security was guaranteed. It's got to be there no matter what. Well, then you're going to have to change it. Either skyrocket the rates that people pay now. Yep. Or take it out of the general budget, which is going to increase inflation even more because we're at the point, And there were a couple of articles yesterday now talking about the interest rates and the debt and everything else and yeah. the nightmare that's ahead of us. You've got to relate it to the American people. And then when the Democrats come out and go, oh, they're just, they shouldn't be worried about the national debt, and they put out their economists saying there's no problem there, then you simply say, yeah, they also say the border's open. They also say you have to you know, hit their credibility. And we mm-hmm. said it's a teaching moment. Political parties, especially the Republicans, when they don't have the mainstream media on their side, but they got a heck of a lot of media on their side, has to tell the truth to the American public. As we've said, Republicans have no reason to lie. But you can't sit there, as Gates has on the budget, which he says is such a huge issue, and and say, we need to cut, we need to cut, we need to cut, we need to cut, we need to cut Ukraine, we need to cut uh, you know, foreign aid, whatever, and then make it seem like that would solve the problem. If you're going to say that I'm really going to balance the budget, you have to take a position that is unpopular with over 50% of the American public. If you're telling them the truth, yeah, if you're if you right. really want to do the right thing, you have to go the full measure. And if you're not doing it, then you're doing virtue signaling like the Democrats. We need to do this. We need to do this without talking about the consequences of the reality. If you actually do it, right? Or actually, or if you decide that the Republicans should shut down the government right now, that's the reality side of it. The political side, if we shut down the government now. Do Republicans get the blame and do you lose in 2024? Right. But I will admit, even if McCarthy stayed or whoever gets in and they, you know, don't, if they educate the public and the public is is pretty educated on what the Democrats, the insanity that they're doing and Republicans, you know, uh, win big. You know, they didn't do when Trump got in office on the budget, the House, the Senate and Trump didn't do what I wanted them to do. Right. No, when they do win, everything turns around and it's like they forget why they're there. But the fact is, you now have the reality hitting with the budget. It's to that point because of it, because of interest rates, because of the economy. You have to stop. You have to stop the growth. Of the budget, which means even if you limit the rate of growth to inflation or whatever and hope that the... But you can't continue to spend like you're spending. No. No. And then the other thing is on Ukraine. There's this, you know, because nobody trusts... The problem with Ukraine is the Biden administration. Nobody trusts a damn thing that comes out of their mouth. Nobody believes that there's not tremendous amount of wasteful spending over there. And then... 
The other thought process is because they everyone admits it. We're not really trying to help Ukraine win the war. We just don't want the Russians to win it right now. Well, Americans don't like that. But the fact is, we have to be involved in it somehow. Yep. We have to be involved in, in uh, as we always had with Russia and China, we always have to be involved, involved with attempting to destabilize what's going on over there. Covert or whatever, however you do it. But the fact is, the public doesn't trust what's going on, but that comes directly from the Biden administration. Well, that's the problem. They don't trust this president, this administration, to get it done. And we don't either. I don't know how you trust Biden on anything dealing with Ukraine or China. You can't. There's no way you can. You can... Trust Joe Biden on either of those fronts. You can't. 86690-RED-EYE. Brought to you by FPPF, Fuel Power Max. Independence with carrier authority should be mindful that negotiation strength varies as the week progresses. Typically, the highest rates across major segments are paid for loads negotiated on Sundays, and the highest volume of loads for all segments is seen on Mondays. Also, the weekday that tends to be the best for flatbed negotiations, yielding the best rates. Owner-operators tend to have less negotiation strength on Tuesday, which shows the lowest weekday spread between brokers' offered rates and actual paid rates. Broker offers tend to rise by Wednesday, as the end of the week is in sight. This day also seems optimal for the 3 o'clock hustle. So called for its reliance on that afternoon time of day, when brokers are getting nervous, To improve negotiation strength, stay mindful of this system to maximize your revenue. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, I've been a talk show host longer than Maxine Waters has been serving in Congress. 91, she got in. Feinstein was 93. Wow. Or 92, 93, I think it was. Longest, uh, in, longest serving in Congress, Chuck Grassley, 47 years. Mm. Uh, uh, Senator Markey, Massachusetts, 45 Senator Wyden, Oregon, 41. Schumer, 41. In the House, Representative Hal Rogers, Kentucky, 5th District, 41 years. Representative Chris Smith, New Jersey, 4th District, 41 years. Steny Hoyer, Maryland, 40 years. Mm. So, But the point I'm trying to make is it's not about the people. We attach ourselves to personalities when we should be attaching ourselves to ideas and what wins. And and that's the problem. And the again, when we go back to the ideas, we've been saying that since the beginning. Um, it all starts and ends with the ideas, and you have to sell the ideas. Look, if they're 
is to be a push for the Speaker of the House under GOP leadership to do something. It would be more of that. Selling the ideas. And, you know, you also have to be in front of a receptive audience. Because things like what happened yesterday, most people, you know, it was interesting because I was up hours after it happened, just watching to see where the the chatter was. And with political wonks, it was, you know, very active still. But in the mainstream, it wasn't. And I mean people in their conversations and what was happening and what they were concerned about. To truly move the needle, you have to win elections. To win elections, you have to change hearts and minds on the ideas. Full stop. The people come and go. At some point, Trump will no longer be running for president. At some point, Joe Biden will no longer be president. At some point, and there's this mindset that, man, if Joe Biden's, and the left had it too. If Trump is gone, the whole world changes. Uh, Yeah, it changed all right. If he's no longer president, and, and it's like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, we've cleared the clouds and everything is going to be perfect. And it is a childish way to look at it. It's quite the, exactly. And, and, they, and everybody seems to have that mentality. If we can, look, I don't want Biden to be president because I think he's fully compromised. I don't think he's capable of governing. I don't think he's capable as commander in chief. But I don't believe it's going to solve all the world world's problems because if the Republicans inherit his mess, they're going to have a massive, massive cleanup on their hands. As we have stated, our biggest fear is if Republicans actually do want to cut their time in office is limited because the public actually doesn't want it. Exactly. I'm not saying our listeners don't or we don't because we do. We understand that you you have to do something, but it's got to be done incrementally. And shutting down the government over a continuing resolution that gives you a lot of what you want for 45 days and screaming that since we don't have a budget for a year, that's worth getting rid of a speaker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get it because your goal is to continue in the right direction no matter how you do it and then win in 2024 and get the Senate and hopefully get the executive branch and keep the House because of the insanity of the other side. And that's the big picture. And you have to look at the big picture because the whole thing is about having power. If you don't have the power in a republic, you cannot make any type of even medium changes. And if you make those medium changes or what, about what you say has to be done as a conservative, you are going to have major pushback, not just from the Democrats, but you're going to get it from 
the members of the 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 uh, the people of the United States. And that's the thing, you know, the tweet. Kevin McCarthy, bring it on, and then Matt Gates' response: I just did. to democracy if you don't download our app, True. Red Eye Radio. Mm-hmm. And I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. Uh, yeah, going into the break, we didn't, we ran out of time, but I was, I was just saying, look, the Twitter battle, the back and forth, McCarthy's tweet, bring it on, and then the response by Matt Gates, I just did. That basically was the whole thing. A Twitter war. A personality conflict. Now, can we move on? Because, you know, it was brought up, you know, the word chaos, and then Matt Gates on the floor responded to the whole chaos. Well, Kevin McCarthy is chaos, and uh, you're chaos. This whole place is chaos. <laughs> Ooh, ah. um, it's <clears throat> not going to change anything, and Matt Gates will disagree if Steve Scalise is speaker, there will be things Steve Scalise takes a position on that Matt Gates will disagree with. So what's the remedy? Is it going to rise to this again? I really, I really hope that I'm right here because I don't believe it will because I believe this is purely a personality conflict and a Twitter battle, nothing more, nothing less. I hope I'm right about that. I'm hope I hope that it won't happen again. But the 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 point being, if you're going to find a remedy, what is the true remedy? What does it really change? If you say you need to do things, you make a very important point here. If you say you're going to do these things or or these things need to be done, then lay out the hard stuff, raw and open for everybody to see repeatedly go to work skin that smoke wagon (laughs) don't make me slap billy bob thornton i i wasn't ready for that (laughs) if because otherwise that was a cool tweet uh I wanted to read this here before I go. Uh, Gates complained that McCarthy worked with Democrats to avert a government shutdown in a move supported by 126 Republicans. But mm-hmm. Gates just worked with Democrats to oust McCarthy in a move supported by just eight Republicans. Gates complained that the budget deal did nothing to address border security. But Gates refused to vote for a bill to fund the government that included border security measures, which would have given McCarthy more leverage in negotiations with Democrats. Gates claims he wants to tackle the nation's $33 trillion national debt, but he has not offered any proposals, such as a plan to reform entitlements that would be absolutely necessary to seriously address the problem. There you go. I just saw that a little while ago. Okay, they're mirroring exactly what we have said before. Don't virtue signal 
that you're for major cuts do the in work. order to balance the budget unless you're willing to do the work. Do the work. And and the work is telling the American public the truth, which is extremely uncomfortable, and the American public doesn't want to hear the truth on it. Exactly. Because we know it. We know Republicans have gone around saying, uh, and, and we see, I see it on social media constantly. And then the polls show the majority of Republicans and Democrats believe we can balance the budget by getting rid of you know, foreign aid, and that's the whole, that's why they can justify it with Ukraine, right. is how we can start to balance the budget. No money for Ukraine, no uh, foreign aid, and uh, and cut out wasteful spending, which, again, is impossible. I mean, you're never going to, in a in a bureaucracy that big, you're not going to be able to get that done. That's the easy one. Mm-hmm. That's why we've always stated we believe that the federal government is involved in way, way too much. Right. And the closer you are to home, the better the accounting is. Right. When I'm and I'm talking state, local, county, you know, mm-hmm. city, uh, where a lot of these things should the responsibility be, but we're right, so right. far from that. That's like me stating. Oh, yeah. That's like yeah. me stating we need to cut the budget fifty percent and put it on uh, and put it on the states because that's the right thing to do. And if we don't do it, we're going to shut down the government. Right? You think you're going to win that with the American people? Never. Not for and, a second. And so that's the thing that we're saying. Don't. Don't, with for Matt Gates. don't empty virtue signal. Show your work. Here's the challenge for Republicans right now. We had brought you, we brought you the poll, was it this week? Was it Monday we brought the poll? That that showed that where the Republicans lead on the economy, yeah, national security, the yeah. border was huge. And all of a sudden, when it got into anything that dealt with money, Coming from the government to the people, they favor the Democrats. Exactly. That's the problem that yep. Republicans have yep. right now. You and that, I broke that that poll down yeah. uh, in the pre-show meeting that night. All right. Why is it that they favor? Why is it that money? These are all things that have to do with money because what they're saying is, I don't want the Repu- stupid Republicans. We throw that in. Uh, I don't want the stupid Republicans to take money from whatever it is, education, whatever. And, and that goes all the way to... Uh, college loan and 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 college loan forgiveness mm-hmm. transfer for those paying attention and all that you know I don't those stupid Republicans didn't want to pay off my college loan all of these things that were in there in that survey showed that the Democrats or the 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 American people love the Democrats for handing out money. And this is all from the Gallup poll the other day. 53% of Americans believe the Republican Party will do a better job of keeping the country prosperous over the next few years. 39% choose the Democratic Party. Now, you see numbers like that. You see slightly larger larger number, 57% have a greater faith in the Republican Party to protect the country from international terrorism and military threats, while 35% favor the Democrats. That's a 22-point difference. There's a 14-point difference for keeping the country prosperous, that is the widest advantage since 1991. Wow. You know, that it just shows you. You look at some of the other uh, uh, polling out there. Hang on here. Uh, this, this is really, this, this was, I thought, really interesting. Uh, Americans of all political stripes agree. Parents have the right to know if their child wants to identify as the opposite sex. This was a Harvard-Harris poll, not a conservative poll. The the poll we mentioned, 
just there was Gallup, not a conservative poll. Right. A September Harvard-Harris poll found that 87% of registered voters in the United States believe parents have a right to know if their child wants a sex transition by political affiliation. You ready? Mm. 91% of Republicans believe parents should know. 85% of independents believe parents should know. Any guess to the percentage of Democrats that believe parents should know while the entire Democratic Party on the federal level understand this, Mm -hmm. doesn't want parents to know, 84% of Democrats say parents have an absolute right to know. Uh, Strong majority say Biden's border is open. Hmm. I like how how, I've seen on social media, well, the border isn't open. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, you know what they're saying? It's like if your house is being burglarized all the time and the police say, well, is your house open? No. All the windows are locked. The side door is locked. It's only the front door that's open. Right. The house isn't open. Just the front door's open. Right. Just the front door. The house isn't open. I mean, that's actually the argument of Democrats right now. <laughs> the border's secure. A strong majority of swing voting independents say the southern border is open and the border laws are unenforced. According to a Harvard-Harris poll, 56% of registered voters told Republicans, or excuse me, had told posters that the southern border is uh, largely open and laws are unenforced. A majority includes 58, or excuse me, 78% of Republicans, 57% of independents, and even 36% of Democrats. A majority of Democrats, 53%, also said illegal immigration to the United States is getting worse, not better. Mm. The worst response was delivered by 71% of all respondents, including 88% of Republicans and 74% of independents. You look at the leads that we have on things that are so critical on the economy and inflation and everything else, landslide numbers, and and I think the, uh, here it is. The um, neither party is well liked, but the GOP holds advantage on the issues. And when I saw that, I went, "Okay." When you, I saw McCarthy explain a lot of things, for example, if you watch McCarthy when he was talking about Joe Biden, did a wonderful job. You and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I go, "What a wonderful job!" Because you view him, you say, "Okay, this isn't partisan." He's laying it out, yeah, point right. by point by point. Mm-hmm. And uh, where the re- media really wasn't covering what he was saying because they knew that he, his answers were strong. The mainstream media wasn't really covering that when, when the questions are being asked, were being asked to the former um, uh, uh, you know, speaker. Right. Uh, but I go back here to it says both parties you know, are not well-liked, but on the issues of Republican wins, we know that we've had elections where Republicans lead on the issues and still lose the, lose the election. We gave the example, and it's the whole mean tweet argument that was given after, <clears throat> after the 2020 election, when you would see Trump supporters and Republicans saying, see what you got? We told you so, but you voted for him because of mean tweets. And Republicans would stay, say that. And we looked at it and said, so what you're saying is the stupid American people need to vote the other way and not pay attention to the mean tweets. Which, yeah, I agree with. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't pay because I could care less about mean tweets. You could care less about mean tweets. Right. We're about the issues. 
what we've realized is other people aren't like that, including a ton of independents. And you got to win first. Right. And if you don't win, if what's keeping you from winning, as these Republicans were telling Democrats, is mean tweets, well, then how about you not do the mean tweet? Because your whole goal is to have the proper tone so independents who already agree with you on the issue will put you into office instead of saying, no, I want to win the battle. I want to win. And this is sort of reminding me of the Gates thing. Gates is screaming and yelling. The establishment is horrible. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without saying, okay, well, what is he actually proposing? What is, you know, what is he actually, you know, what is he actually doing? He's talking about cutting. Well, what would he cut? Oh, we don't know because he actually has never gone into specific details on it. Right. Well, and, and, and that's it. Uh, you know, it's and and I was listening for that yesterday when they went to his reaction right after the vote, because the question is, OK, well, who do you support? Who do you support? Who do you support? And Scalise's name came up with a handful of others. And yes, I think he would be good. I, yes, I think he, I would support him. I would support him. OK. But we're still talking about people. Tell me on the issues what you would do. Well, there's still a segment of the Republican Party that says I'd want to win the rhetorical battle and not the policy war. Yeah, they you know, they love it. They absolutely oh, yeah, love, sure. you know, it's like the, uh, the the perfect example. It's about time. Well, now they're doing something. They kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her office that she should have been kicked out of already. And and McCarthy wouldn't do it. And do, you think that matters anything for the direction of where the United States is going policy-wise. But they love the fact that, okay, we got we got Pelosi here. She's kicked out. Yeah, all right. McCarthy's out of there. All right, yeah, yeah. It's like, what happens next? Don't care. It was the right thing to do. We win the rhetorical battle, but we lose the policy war. And zero changes in your life. Yeah. Nothing changes. I don't care about the rhetorical battle except the fact that you win that along with the issues at the same time. Right. There's I, no, I, I don't there, think Nancy should have occupied that office. She should have been gone because I don't think she should have ever been speaker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we get back to winning the war. Had the Republicans won the war back then, then she wouldn't have become speaker again. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. I know that that that's the noise that reverberates and shakes everything up that about was, that was her the, having to leave her office. That was the lead story on Fox. Where was, was the sports. noise driving an election that puts the Republicans over the top with a huge margin? Because the American public landslide numbers agrees with you on the vast majority of issues. Show me that and, noise. And on the parts that they don't, that's closer. Where Democrats lead on money, that's where you have to explain to the American people where we are. And every day, the spending's what's causing the inflation. You're sitting there saying, as a member of the public, I need more money. The government has to help me. That's the reason that you're in the position is because exactly. of the government spending. Exactly. You need to explain that to the American people. Because tomorrow, it, you know, later today, people are going to go out. They're going to be, you know, shopping and spending money. And Nancy and where her office is isn't going to matter. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. Just looking at the Babylon Bee headlines. Representative Bowman opens plane's exit door in midair. Thought he was opening a bag of pretzels. (laughs) (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across. America and around the planet. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, sorry, we're just chuckling because <laughs> Eric was saying Trump just announced his vice presidential running mate, Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going through, you know, just kind of going through some of the stories. Uh, Carrie Lake has filed a run for U.S. Senate in Arizona. And I said to you during the break, uh, she seems, I guess, to believe, uh, you know, at least to a certain degree, that she won't be Trump's vice pick. And uh, there, a lot of people are pointing at Governor Nome. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, but then I said, I think he should pick Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> and it, when it was going through my tiny brain, it wasn't that funny. But after I said it, I couldn't breathe. It was so funny. Um <laughs> But you know what? It wouldn't be any more bizarre than anything else that's happened in recent years if he picked Kevin McCarthy. Uh, it will be interesting to see if if the GOP can can get their soup in a group and and make it happen between now and November of 24, because a couple of things you, you hit on it earlier, but it's extremely important. It's not just about the white house. They must get a wider margin in the house. They must get a majority in the Senate. The majority in the Senate is not going to be a huge margin. It's it's if they pick up a few seats, and get the majority, that's going to be a win in and of itself, and that's probably the best you can hope for in the Senate. But in the House, you need to pick up some seats, and I don't know where it goes from here. There are a number of things. There are districts that are changing. There are court decisions that are, um, uh, that are, that are uh, again, uh, realigning districts, and and so... The demographics are, have been shifting for a long, long time. It's impossible to know from this standpoint or viewpoint 
that where the where the house is going to end up. I just don't have that map in front of me. But if you're going to win it, the GOP has to be as a collective. They have to be one on the messaging. And by the way, you know, you and I have talked about this. Look, there there are uh, plenty of, of of them in the GOP in the House that can get uh, the message out. Uh, Jim Jordan is one. Uh, uh, Chip Roy is one. Uh, there are a number of them, and you kind of use your strong points in order to, just as they would use uh, any of their whips to bring votes up on the floor or bring votes together on the floor. You. You use them to get that messaging out. You know their strong points. You put them out there in front of the media, and you have to hit it on the ideas repeatedly. And I hope that's going to happen. By the way, the GOP, I believe, was on the road to winning on the ideas. I'm not saying elections just yet. But winning on the ideas, when we talk about the liberal transgender movement, when we talk about the broken border, when we talk about crime on the rise in major cities um, and all of these things, you know, uh, those are the things that that matter. You know, the carjacking with Cuellar in, in D.C. and what he said, oh. you know, this his statement. You know, I. This is why we have to be. You know, I. This is why I back strong. Uh, I, I've been a strong yeah, backer of but, of law enforcement. Blah 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 blah. I have to interject just about Quayer though, mm. because he was saying we've got to do something. You know, we got to stop this crime that's going on in the cities, and yeah. he blames Democrats uh-huh. for that. Then he's screaming about what's going on at the border, and then he votes uh, against. You know, Kevin McCarthy. It's he's a Democrat, gross. but he votes against Kevin McCarthy, and then says, well, we're not going to get anything done mm-hmm. because we don't have a speaker. Mm-hmm. It's like... Or you're you're just, all over the place. Yeah. You're, so he can be all over the place himself. Well, and, It's just like, okay, I can I can disagree with the Democrats on the major issues that they support, which is still defunding the police and high crime in urban areas and the border. That I can disagree, but, man, I can't sit there and well, say, well... I'll, I'll tell you, this is how Cuellar got to where he is and maintains that seat, is by that kind of dancing. Being all over the place in the moment. You know, he's got to be... He's, and, and that's what he's done. But it drew attention, as we knew it would, to the rise in crime all over America, but... D.C. Is, has been screaming about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it on the West Coast. We see it in San Francisco. These, you know, all these issues, the GOP wins on, on the issues. On the messaging on the issues, they don't get a fair grade from me just yet. And I think they were on their way. I think they have done a... Good job so far in in the impeachment inquiry and in that entire process that led up to it. Because they brought things to the surface that were absolutely important. Comer, I think, and a a, a number of uh, Republicans have done a good job at bringing things that need to be seen to the forefront. And... What has to happen is you have to bring that all together 
and you have to paint the picture. I was actually in my mind uh, a couple of days ago going through if you were to put together like a two-minute digital ad for that is, you know, pro-conservative, pro-Republican Party, pro-anti-Democrat, there's so I there, it, I don't know that you could get it done in two minutes. There's so much that would fit into that ad that would be so effective, and you just put it out there, and 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 it's a you just blast the American people with it to make sure that those images are in front of their eyes and those reminders are there because they we all uh, apparently live in a bubble we live in the taylor swift universe by the way i well, saw the the article about um kelsey's uh the the all of the endorsements that he has and that those companies are benefiting from her and they use this word halo from taylor swift's halo i thought let's not let's not use the word halo let's not Let's not start this. Uh, yeah, that's the only reason I brought it up is because they use that word halo. But you know, they, but you know, this, this is where we are, and and things have to be. There are important things to get done. I I think maybe that's why uh, Steve Scalise is agreeing to do this. You know, he's for those uh, don't that don't know, he's battling multiple myeloma. This this is a blood cancer, and it is not a. Uh, an easy battle and he's still showing up every day. And, you know, he's, uh, he says that, you know, he's doing the things he needs to do, but he's agreed to, you know, start the bidding process essentially on Capitol Hill and seek the speakership. And I think I'm hoping that's what he sees that, look, we're going to have to let's, we're going to have to regroup here and we're going to have to, you know, start getting back on track. We need to get, uh, the, the whole Hunter Joe Biden thing, uh, uh, the, the, the impeachment inquiry back to the forefront. We need to have all these things that we were winning on, on these issues back in front of the eyes of the American people. Well, uh, just uh, so you know, Gates did severely criticize the new speaker, temporary speaker, Mm. because they're taking a week off. He's like, no, we need to be working. We need to be working. We need to be working. Actually, politically, it's probably the best move just to let everybody get out of town and nobody talk to the media. Except it like it's like Gates will likely be talking to the media. Well, Gates will. Yeah, Yeah. Gates will. But how it's just going to be. It's going to be questions really from the, you know, the Sunday morning news shows will cover it. But that's why, as I've stated, though, I don't think there's a difference between what how you and I view things, how politicians view things and how people who listen to our show or any other uh, talk radio consistently, how they view what's going on. And it's still a minority of people in the United States. But it would be interesting, you know, we've talked about the fact that we made progress uh, this year on the uh, three branches of government. Mm -hmm. 
but we lost progress on the rights in the First Amendment where nobody knows it except freedom of speech. Nobody knows the freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. Nobody knows all the rights of the, the First Amendment. So mm-hmm. we we got, uh, we're hurting there. Yeah. But can you imagine if you went to the majority of American people and say, who was the Speaker of the House, if they would know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it would be if you did a man on the street thing or, or show them a picture of the Speaker of the House. Can you tell yeah, us who is this? Yeah. yeah. Who is this? yeah. What position do they hold? Yeah. They, and that right there spells out how big and how much effort needs to go into the war of winning and changing hearts and minds. It's a huge educational process along the way, and it starts with, here are the three branches of government. I mean, you have to get back to the, this is a football mentality and start with the very basics. All right, so here it is. Sources familiar with the situation told Fox News that Steve Scalise has been making calls behind the scenes to shore up support uh, ahead of a possible vote Wednesday to select the next speaker. So we'll, uh, we'll see what uh, what happens. Uh, hmm. McCarthy was temporarily replaced by Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina. The new speaker pro temp of the House who will preside over the chamber until a new speaker is elected. And it was, you know, McCarthy said last night he will not run right. uh, for uh, speaker. Representative Greg Murphy told Fox the plan was to have a candidate forum on Tuesday and a vote on who would succeed McCarthy on Wednesday. Now, if that happened all next week, mm-hmm. and here's the thing, too. With the mainstream media, what do they want to cover? McCarthy being out or the Trump trial? Because hmm. you didn't hear a lot about the Trump trial yesterday. It wasn't as, and, and I think that every day uh, that it goes on, that people pay less and less attention even to that because it's almost yeah, it's almost like impeachment now. Impeachment doesn't mean anything, right? Right. And and so Trump, you know, being charged with something, it's like, OK, what is it? Trump's charged with something? Oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah. It's like uh, it doesn't mean anything. He made a joke about it a, a, a week or so ago. You know, I shouldn't say that because they'll indict me for it. You know, mm-hmm. and those are the things that that we look at where the you know, what the interest of the American people is and the mainstream media. There's no changing the activism in newsrooms, but our demand for what's important also drives that. If we're seeking this out, if we're doing searches on Google, it is known. It actually is that kind of data is followed and tracked. And we have to be, I I don't know how you make more people care about the important issues today, changing the Speaker of the House isn't going to make people care. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, looking at the politics of, of all of this uh, now, of uh, Speaker McCarthy gone and what's going to happen to Gates, I really do think that if there's anything in the ethics uh, investigation of him, and, and again, it's very quiet, but I think if there's anything there, there's going to be a push from the Republican Party to get rid of him. I'm and, guessing that conversation and, has uh, started yesterday late afternoon. Uh, I, I just because this is remember, this has never happened in American history. Mm-hmm. This is as big as you can get to being a traitor of a political party. Yeah. Right. Uh, the other problem that he has. And and again, I'm I'm very, very I'm going to make this clear. I'm just telling you what they may do. I'm very wary of. Of not having solid charges of a crime being committed, yeah, for yeah. removing anybody from yeah. Congress. Don't do I, it. Right. Don't do it for the sake of carving out a bad apple. Right. I, I if if he did something wrong and it's clear and you can demonstrate that, then demonstrate that and move forward. Uh, but he's going to have a he's going to have a problem, basically saying I'm not a part of the swamp and the swamp wanted McCarthy to to stay or the establishment whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's going to be very tough because when you look at the when you look at the uh the the leadership that supported McCarthy or not or some of the members that are that are well known when you look at a Jim Jordan nobody's going to look at Jim Jordan and say Jim Jordan's part of the liberal establishment right. you can't make right. that you can't make that case right. you can't make that case for MTG yeah you know she Voted to keep McCarthy. Boebert mm-hmm. voted to keep McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Chip Roy, and I just I say Chip Roy because he has been a very very loud but effective uh, presence for the Republicans on things like the border and cutting the budget. Extremely yeah. strong. Right. In fact, I would say he's actually more strong in getting into the minutia and the details than Gates has ever been. Mm. He didn't vote to remove McCarthy. There, that's a problem for Gates because yeah. the well-known, yeah. established people out there, except yeah, maybe point. for Mace, mm. who voted who voted with uh, uh, Gates, but the rest of them are viewed as extremely strong, reliable, conservative Republicans, and they voted to keep McCarthy. So there's, as I said. One of the problems is there's a huge split, and there's a huge split. Remember, a vast majority of the most loyal Trump supporters, and Gates was trying to portray himself as Trump-like, voted to keep McCarthy. Right. They understood the politics of it. As you mentioned, Gates said, uh, you know, he's been in communication with the president, uh, excuse me, the former president, and, uh, you know, he agrees with what he's doing, and then, Trump came out and said, no, I truth social and said, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea what's happening. So it's like, who is, is Matt Gates standing alone with the majority of the eight who are sponsoring him that are really relatively unknown, except maybe for Mace and and maybe Dan Bishop. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we kind of were talking about this about 24 hours ago. There's only a handful of them that are, that are with him. And if you look at conservatives within the GOP on on in, in the House, 
on Capitol Hill, then you're you're looking at, again, a number of them, including Trump loyalists and supporters okay, I that said, didn't vote that yeah, way. Bishop didn't vote him out. Bishop did not vote. Yeah, okay. But, you know, there's, there's the thing. It, this is not going to be great for him. He's not going to have a lot of allies, Matt Gates, going forward. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sorry, I just saw some headlines and have to read the stories. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing is, yesterday, just yeah. very quickly, because I was like, okay, what day is it? I was like, is it all over the place Thursday? I go, no, it's only Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday, and I thought it was Monday. And I was getting up to go to work, and I went, Wait a minute. No, it's this is our Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. The weekend, the week's going to go very fast. But I uh, saw this story here. DNC officials warn delegates to convention could be too white. The Democratic National Committee is reportedly falling short of its delegate diversity goals ahead of the summer 2024 convention. Senior DNC officials believe that if the current trend continues, the makeup of the delegates will be, quote, too white, according to a report from Politico. The officials fear that the shortfall reflects diminished enthusiasm for President Joe Biden's reelection among black and Hispanic voters. Oh, okay. So there's something to it. Yes. Said Maria Maria Cardona, a Democratic strategist on the committee, she told Politico, we're kind of looking at each other like, hey, this number seems to be going in the wrong direction here. <laughs> you think? <laughs> the DNC calculates its diversity targets using a complex formula that takes into account blacks, Latinos, Asian American, and Pacific Islander, indigenous Americans, as well as those with disabilities, those who identify as LGBTQ, and young voters classified as 35 and under. Then they just go through the polling, you know, for him. Uh, in another story, um, oh, what's the, uh, I got mine blank. What's the, the, the physicist, we, the astrophysicist we were talking about last week? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. This is for you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm. (laughs) The The Swimming World Cup has decided to scrap its plan to host an open category event for transgender swimmers after no one signed up for it. Oh. The event was to serve as a compromise after World Aquatic voted to ban male swimmers from competing in elite female events In 2022, the plan was to offer trans competitors the ability to compete against other trans swimmers in the 50-meter and 100-meter events across all strokes. Uh, However, with the Swimming World Cup only three days away, it appears no one has entered that category. 
around the world. The entire planet. Not one person. Not one person. I would get in now because you're sure to be a winner. (laughs) Trans athletes, and this is something that uh, when um, Constantine Kissin was talking to um, I keep forgetting his name again. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, I can remember Constantine Kissin, but I can't remember Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, you know, he he when Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying, well, just open up, start new categories, start new categories, everything from a transgender category to weight categories to figuring out the weight and the difference between males and females and having them compete against uh, one another based on, well, the different weight. Uh, well, you know, uh, the hormones in the system, carnivore you know, team, a vegan team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just, it was didn't getting to the point of ridiculousness. We have to do it. Damn it. We have to do it. He was like, he was just a maniac. Trans athletes bent on making a political statement will likely fail to see an open category as the type of political validation they seek for their cause. Right. As for the trans athletes who want to compete in the women's category because they want to win, well, they're not they're not going to be doing nearly as much winning when they're swimming against people of their own gender. Oh, funny how that works. Due to those factors, a no-show by trans athletes at the uh, Swimming World Cup, even after a specific category was open to them, is revealing because it shows the trans athlete movement has nothing to do with access to sporting events and everything to do with political agendas and or giving male-born athletes a chance to reach heights of athletic achievement they would otherwise not have attained. Think about the women's lib movement and the rise of women's sports, right? And Title IX and all that, but, but the rise of women's sports. Finally, they have... A league of their own. That was celebrated. It's kind of where they got the name for the movie. But they were being celebrated. It was a celebration saying, you know what? We have something that's ours. Why isn't that the drive here? We have something of our own. Because it's not what they want. Yeah, it wasn't the goal. The it goal, never has The been. goal was to erase women. Exactly. And that's what they won't admit. And, and Neil deGrasse Tyson, I remembered his name. Mm. Good start. Uh, he he was just being bizarre, saying, well, create 10, 12, 15 different categories. And no, you won't. It's like, no, not going to do it. And Because there's no way to populate all of them. And, and so go the simplest route, and that is to give them a league of their own and allow them to compete as a class. Oh, wait, they don't want that. Well, what do they want? Well, men who are living as women want to go in and they want to compete because they believe they'll be more competitive. Are they going to be more competitive? Why don't they just compete with men? Or why don't they have an interest? Why isn't there this huge uprising and calling, not uprising, but calling for their own division, their own sport. Nope. Nope. Because the whole thing, it gets down to it. And again, this is the the fallacy of it, the insanity of it. 
uh, is um, that they want to separate gender as uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was doing last week. Yeah. They want to separate it but make it the same. Right. You can't have it both ways. Nope. You can't say, no, gender is gender is different than sex. Well, then how come if gender is different than sex, how come that you want biological males to compete against biological females? Right. By doing that, you're admitting that that's what you believe, that a biological male who feels are a biological woman is a biological woman, mm-hmm. and to hell with the biological woman and what she thinks. Right. The only thing that matters is what the transgender thinks. Right. The woman being denied an opportunity doesn't matter. And that's where the misogyny comes in. Yep. Your daughter needs to get used to male genitalia. I mean, that's a that's a reasonable request, don't you think? Right. <laughs> Good God. Get over it. Get over it. And that's been the attitude all along. It isn't. You know what? We'd like to compete, but we don't want to compete here. What if we had a division of our own where we could compete? Nope. Nope. We'll take that one. Nope. And your daughter needs to move over. Right. And you know it's the case because you saw the intimidation of women. The intimidation of women in the Ivy League especially is what we... We, we saw the threats that they felt, the intimidation they felt, yep. the bullying they felt, and the left was okay with it. Yep. It says, and their response was basically, sorry, life isn't fair. Right. Well, all right, let's use that same uh, analogy and mindset for the, uh, the trans female athlete who's a biological male. Sorry, you can't compete over there. You can still compete. And by the way, that's why they had said that all along. Remember, we're not allowed to compete. Oh, you're allowed to compete Mm -hmm. with your biological sex. Right. You're conveniently forgetting that. Mm -hmm. You can compete. You're denying women, biological women, the opportunity to compete. Right. But that's the sacrifice biological women must make. Otherwise, we will threaten you. Will threaten your career, will threaten your future jobs. We will threaten you. We will intimidate you. That was the evidence that they never were looking for a team of their own. Nope. Ever. And that's going to continue. Especially if the left has their way. So, really interesting that there it is. I think the first major sports organization to say, mm-hmm. okay. All right, biological males can't compete with biological females, so we'll set up your own category. Right. This is for the Fully world. Fully accommodating. Fully accommodating. Right. For the world. Yeah. Not not a little town that decided to do it. For the world. Yep. No, no transgender interest. athletes in it at nope. all. Sorry. No one wants it. Nope. It's because it's not their agenda. Yep. And we had said this way back when, because we've been covering this for such a long time, and we said this a long time. No, they're not. Because people would call and say, well, why why can't they have their own category? Well, they don't want their own category. That's not what they want. And then we get response. Ask them. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. 
and you have your own category. You're a biological male. Things aren't fair. Oh, I know that. Right. I got cut from every team I tried out for ever my entire life from Little League all the way up to high school. I'm not qualified for any of the leagues. Yeah. And never have been. Life hasn't been fair. Why can't I be a Michael Jordan? Right. I had a good three-point. I had an excellent three-point shot before there was a three-point shot. Players of today have three-point privilege. I didn't have that. I won four or five games of horse in my life. <laughs> it it might be as many as five. I don't want to go out on a limb, but that's a lot. Well, that being said, now as somebody in his 60s, uh, I am so happy that life was unfair and I couldn't play all those sports because, man, my joints feel great. And yeah. I'm not talking about the legalized stuff. I'm talking about yeah. my yeah. knees right. and my elbows <laughs> yeah. and one of my ankles feels great. Yes. My Some... hips. My hips feel really, really good. I'm able to do a lot of ton of stuff still today. So what I wish for and wanted the opportunity for that I that life wasn't fair and I didn't get to play. I got cut. Do you know how my feelings were hurt? I, I, It bothered me so much, I became a talk show host so I can rage every day about the unfairness uh, of my life and what a victim I've been. I've never lived in Chicago. <laughs> I only played basketball for a couple of seasons mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I deserve a place, deserved a place on the Chicago Bulls. It's clear. Hey, look, you had your band. Right up there. With- you had your band career, the coach told you. Actually, I did make money at that. Oh, I was talking about marching band. No, no. not your. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, okay. No, we went to state. We did. Uh, we oh. did very well, actually. Oh, yeah. and marching band. That's right? a marching band. Went to state. Mm-hmm. Now you yeah. didn't make money off of that. You you didn't give up your amateur status, did you? Mm-hmm. For marching not, band. Not that I can talk about on the air. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the top of uh, the hour, seven Starbucks have been closed or closing in downtown San Francisco. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, Here's a headline. Elon Musk hits a speed bump. Tesla suffers first quarter-on-quarter sales decline in years. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Well... Here we go. On the Starbucks front, I wonder how San Francisco is going to survive with only 3,500 Starbucks in downtown. <laughs> yeah, but remember, wasn't Starbucks the one, you know, at the same time? Remember the whole race thing when they were saying, mm-hmm. come on in, let's discuss race. Let's talk like, race. With our baristas. Uh-huh. Imagine that being in the job description. So you've uh, got to serve coffee. 
Uh, and then we've got our pastries there, too. And also, we're going to expect you to get into some pretty intense discussions on race. Yeah, we need you to be a talk show host while you're making the coffee. <laughs> Remember the whole bathroom thing where they were allowing oh anybody gosh. to use the bathroom? Yeah. And we said they're going to regret it and they're going to stop that. And they did. Yep. But you think about it, these stores closing down, and it was exactly what Starbucks management in the past has promoted. Right. Where you can only come to one conclusion on all these things. Right. Eventually, they were going to have to close down. Right. She, idiots. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Now, this tweet was bizarre yesterday. Yeah. It actually came from the uh, uh, Democrats. The official X account for the Democratic Party received waves of mockery on Tuesday after sharing an image it thought portrayed President Biden looking cool. While attempting to make a pop culture reference, the Democratic Party posted a photo of Biden wearing his classic aviator sunglasses while standing in front of the White House, along with the image and account, uh, the account shared a quote, referencing it a line from the movie Mean Girls, the 2004 high school comedy. President Joe Biden isn't a regular president. He's a cool president. Hashtag Mean Girls Day. October 3rd is referred to as Mean Girls Day because uh, of a line uh, in the movie where Lindsay Lohan's character uh, gets excited because her crush spoke to her. He asked her what day it was, and she responded, it's October 3rd. The caption used uh, in the Biden post referenced another widely quoted line from the movie. In the movie, uh, the character brags uh, to her daughter and friends I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> you saw it. It looked, it was the most ridiculous that you saw it. You're just like, stop it. Yeah. As a political consultant, I'm saying, stop it. If you were paying me as a political consultant, say, stop it. Joe Biden is cool. It, it's, you can't get there. You, here is Joe Biden. You can't get there from here. <laughs> it's like it's out of some kind of weird comedy movie that they the idea of them sitting down going, OK, we need to portray him as cool. Well, I, I say let's start with those aviators because those are cool. All the kids are wearing aviators. <laughs> 
I think Taylor Swift wears aviators. Well, maybe they just thought it, you know, after Top Gun from 2022, uh, he could look like a Top Gun pilot. Yeah, that kind of scares me. I mean, how delusional are they? I mean, going, no, nah, we can't do this. It's going to be mocked. You really, yeah. You're begging for memes. I know. And the memes are, and here's the thing. What you're trying to do will be the opposite result because of the mocking. Yeah. You're trying to make him look cool, and it will be quite the opposite because it will be relentless. Some of the comments from the Daily Wire. Being cool is a lot like being funny. If you have to tell people that you are, you're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh it was a and and the RNC responded uh highly cringe, which it was. You saw it, you're just like, "Oh man." You're like embarrassed for him. That's the first thing you're like, "Oh man, stop it." Well, stop trying to make him something no, it, that he it, absolutely is not. It's so cringe. It is off the charts. Cringe. It's cringe, Jean Pierre. <laughs> Not just cringe. It's cringe, Jean Pierre. Cringe. We have a new name. <laughs> cringe, Jean Pierre. Cringe, John. John. No, that's it's a cringe, we're using sort of that. Cringe. Like, we're using that. We have, to, we have to pronounce it a little bit differently. Yeah. But that's okay. We live in Texas, cringe. where they have the sign or had the sign. They probably replaced it. That went uh, viral. You saw it where they used in the sign. Yeah, was that the state fair? What I say? No, I, I, I don't yeah, think they said. I, yeah, I was. I said state I was fair. asking. Yeah. yeah, okay. State fair of Texas. Okay. We're, yeah, we're glad you're y o u r here. I think it said, and it was noticed. It's like, oh. yeah, it's like, well, no, 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 no. that's a, that's a word in Texas. You're. Yeah, it's we, now. It would have been. We don't no. believe in apostrophes. Yes, exactly. Now, it would have been technically Texas English correct if it said Y-E-R. Exactly. You could shorten it even more. We're glad you're here. Exactly. And, of course, I am the perfect person to talk about the the Texas English dialect being from New York. (laughs) Yes, precisely. (laughs) <laughs> you're you're uh an adopted texan you know you've oh. adopted the state the state's oh. kind of adopted you oh, i'm davy crockett yeah there you go he wasn't from texas yeah yeah he's viewed as being a, the uh it, basically a when you think about davy crockett he's viewed as you know you, you can put him in like sam houston davy crockett oh yeah it's like hero yeah you look at you go, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Eric Harley, born in Omaha on an, on an Air Force base, which makes me more American than you are. <laughs> no, I'm more American than I'm, you are. I'm a military brat with emphasis on brat. Yeah, but my father worked on the first ICBM. My dad went to war twice. So I'm more American than you. Yeah, no. No. My father was in the big one. The big what? 
These days, you have to no, clarify. No, 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 that's great, though. I mean, that's why I laughed. It's like, you know, because it's, 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 and, and my, my father, my father was 4F because of his foot. So he actually, I don't think he actually was inducted. He was supposed to go in in 44. Mm. And then they, they uh, kept him out a year. And they brought him back in. He's like, well, the foot problem's the same. It's like, we don't care. <laughs> You're in Yeah, now. right. Yeah. And and so, yeah. but he didn't ship over to Japan. Hmm. I don't think he got there till November of 45. That's interesting. You said you said 44 is when he went in? No, he went in 45. He, he was supposed to go in in 44. Okay. Yeah. Because my grandfather enlisted in 44 at the age of 38. He was, wow. he was an old man Wow! when he enlisted. Yeah. My father, I, you know, I think high school was 40. He's because, he, yeah, 44 is when he graduated. Yeah. And so uh, he was, you know, was supposed to go in right then after high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he had foot problems, uh, they said no. And then in 45, he had to go back again. And they said, oh, we're taking you this time. What about the foot problem? <laughs> What yeah. foot problem? Right, and exactly. but he no, didn't. That's, that's... I mean, he didn't see any. He didn't see any fighting. He actually got over there after the war mm. had uh, ended. He was an instructor. My father, at nineteen, was actually a teacher. Mm. Yeah, he, you know. And funny thing is, just show you how. Think about that. He's nineteen years old, goes in the army, and he becomes an instructor on how to repair jeeps. And that's you know, my father was a teenager and was. Forgot what car yeah. he had, you know, right. but yeah. he was fixing cars and putting them together. And so, nineteen years old, they, they okay, you're going to be a teacher on uh, and to instruct the mechanics how to fix jeeps and other right. trucks. Yeah, it's like okay, and he said he was dealing. You know, everybody said that was in there was a higher rank than he was, and mm. he's the instructor. He goes, right, right. They all, you know, it was like they treated me like the teacher. Right. It's like wow. Yeah, so he got now. He did see, he did see Tokyo, and mm. after you know, after all the firebombing, right. yeah, and it was just you know, he said you know the debt you just couldn't believe, couldn't believe the devastation, mm. you mm-hmm. know how flat all of Tokyo was, the suburbs and yeah, and and everything else. So yeah, he was over there when MacArthur was at a had an office over there. Mm. In fact, I think I a few years back remember the movie MacArthur came out about. When the United States went over there, and then MacArthur was dealing with, you know, uh, the assimilation of, or not the assimilation because they weren't assimilated, you know, into our culture, but they were the rehabilitation and the rebuilding of Japan. Right, right. You know, that was that was a movie on it. My father watched that, mm. so he thought that was interesting because he was over there at that exact time, and he right. said it was just the devastation was just flat as far as you could see. You know, yeah. rubble. It's all rubble. Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Because they did massive, you know, the firebombing over there was just. A friend of mine's mom tells the story. She was there. And she tells the story of what that day was like. You know, the family members that she lost in the whole thing. And she's telling the whole story in Japanese. And he's translating. It's. If you were to put this out as a podcast or an audiobook, uh, it, it, it's the most captivating thing, uh, one of the most captivating things I've ever listened to. And it's, you know, 
you you think about that history. You think about I was I was telling you in the top of the hours. You know, we were talking about think generational things. My um, my grandfather going to war at thirty eight. My dad going to Korea in the Navy at eighteen. A few a few months in, he got his uh, he's got his, he got his draft letter from from the army. <laughs> While he was in the Navy on board the USS Samuel and Moore. And he asked, you know, uh, he's he's asked his his commanders, what what do I do? What is tell him you're busy. (laughs) But you you think about, you know, the the things of the, the differences between generations of what had to be done. Not just things about you know going to war; those are big, those are huge things. Um, but but also everyday life of of what it took, and then where we are today. And you know, I was asking you in the top of the hour, just throwing out a rhetorical question: the instinct for survival. Well, a lot of that instinct is eroded when you don't have to do much. In terms of survival, yeah, you have to get up, you have to go to work. But I mean, the work that was required on a daily basis, both of our our parents, uh, you know, uh, you you talk about a, an ice box uh, to keep your food cold. They had, they had to deliver ice every day. Dad had an ice box. You know, yeah. uh, all the things that you know, and it was it was work every single day on the. On the small details, on the small level, it was work every single day to keep it done. I'm grateful we're in a society that has technology that makes us more efficient. But that instinct for survival is what I question. How much it exists? Has it just gone to sleep? Is it just dormant? And and where is it, you know, these days? Because I... You know, more and more you look at it and it's it's just like they don't seem to be worried that and 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 I don't want them biting their nails. But you and I, when we were growing up, it was about, OK, you want a job because you want to get out on your own. You want to make your own money. You want to have that freedom. You want to you know, you want to live your life the way that you want to live it. You want to make I, your I want, own decisions. I wanted autonomy from my parents. Yes. But but that's a natural progression of what... Right. Should be. It should be. And, you know, but doing the work that is required, the discipline, and I don't mean, you know, digging ditches necessarily, just the discipline of going to work every day, showing up, having that nervous feeling in your stomach... Oh man, I'm going to be late. And it seems a lot of that is gone. You know, and it it's there were over the years these discussions, well, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that. It's always been that way. And it is part of our instinct. It what's it's what creates the drive in order to one day achieve that autonomy. The American dream isn't owning a house. It's owning property. 
But that property is about that autonomy. Yeah, it's a creation of wealth, not, and then you can decide what you do. Yeah, Ca- not, capitalism is easily explained it, exactly when you talk about personal wealth. Exactly, you want as much personal wealth as you can get because that's what gives you your autonomy and freedom. Nobody and, can tell independence, you, no, not right. just from your parents, but a- everybody. Everybody. No, no, nobody can tell you what to do. Yep. You know, you get to choose the path that you that you wish to to go in life, and that's why we believe in capitalism because that's what you want. You don't want to be limited in the potential of what you can do and the opportunities that you can experience. Right. Which is everything that we're, when we talk about capitalism, it's not about making money to buy things. No. It's about wealth creation to ensure that the individual can be autonomous and can run their own life, which gets back to everything we talked about last week with income taxes and everything else and and where they're going with concert tickets. That The government has no business getting into your life. Right. And the tax code has given them the ability to get into every little stinking aspect of your life, and it should not be that way. That's not morally right for that to be happening. The government has no business knowing what you do each and every day. Exactly. None. Exactly. 86690 Red Eye. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. At a roadside inspection, inspectors may ask to see supporting documents. A supporting document is a document generated or received by a motor carrier in the normal course of business that can be used by law enforcement to verify a driver's logs. These documents can include bills of lading, itineraries, schedules, or equivalent documents that indicate the origin and destination of each trip. They can also include dispatch or trip records, expense receipts related to on-duty slash not driving periods, including receipts for meals, lodging, and fuel, electronic mobile communication transmitted through a fleet management system, and payroll records, settlement sheets, or equivalent documents that indicate payment to a driver. Drivers using paper logs must also keep toll receipts. Supporting documents must contain the driver's name, carrier assigned identification number or vehicle unit number that can be linked to the driver, the date, the name of the nearest city, town, or village, and the time. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so my dad, when he started getting into the workforce, he, you know, he met a lot of friends, and a lot of them fought in Korea. And so they'd say, yeah, they'd say, you're a veteran? He goes, yeah, I fought in Korea. And he goes, what? Where? He goes, the, the Korean War. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm, I'm sorry, I was in the big one. <laughs> you know, WW2. And it's like, oh, so you saw combat? He goes, well, no. <laughs> So he wasn't actually in the big one. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, he knows about the big one. But he would always think it was, uh, he was always just, and they'd, they'd all laugh about it. But uh, say a prayer for my dad because uh, he's getting a pacemaker on Friday. Mm. All right. So, yeah, we'll keep him in our prayers. Yeah, I mean, he's 97. So, I mean, and, uh, it's outpatient. You know, he goes in, you know, they, they put it they put it in, you know, through the, the blood vessels. Mm. I don't know how they do it. They actually don't open you up, though. Wow, they go in on the shoulder. I don't. I don't know exactly how they do it, but wow. I, I was, you know, because that was my concern at that age. 
undergoing some type of, you know, surgery. Sure. But his, uh, you know, as hard as, as they say, it's, you know, he's in great shape. It's just, it's a 97-year-old heart. Yeah. And so they say it's going to make a complete difference, you know, in him, in his energy level and stuff like that, because it'll really, it'll like, double his heartbeat, his right. pulse rate. Yeah. Because it gets to be, you know, so low. So just, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very confident everything's going to be fine. And I'm actually looking forward to it. So is he, because he, I think, has recognized he's slowed down because of his heart over the last year or so. And he's 97. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, so uh, our computer's still down? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Um, that That's why it's very important to print up hard copies, as we always do. Because once in a while the computers go down, and they have this morning. Uh, you know, we've talked about gates yesterday and the removal of of uh, uh the the speaker uh and you know gates talking about you know cutting spending we've said you know it's okay to talk about cutting spending but you've got to be honest with the american people how we got here and what you have to do and we've talked about that if you wish to uh you know reduce the deficit and reduce the debt you're going to have to reform entitlement programs if you don't do it, then you're just blowing smoke. You're virtue signaling. You're being like a Democrat if you do that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the criticisms they said of, of him. It's like, you know, he never comes up with a plan. He never says, this is what we need to do. You just can't cut. You have to basically say, this is the plan, and this is what we're going to do at this particular point. And the criticism is he hasn't done that. But where are we right now, and what got us here? Uh, Grover Norquist and Vance uh, Jin wrote a uh, Op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal, journal excuse me, the data prove government is spending too much. Uh, Grover Norquist, uh, Americans for Tax Reform. You know, when I first moved to Oregon, it was only there a month. And Grover Norquist was having a, like a seminar panel of all people concerned about spending in government. And I remember going down, it was really interesting. You know, but he was, but he's been involved in this for the longest time. But Americans for Tax Reform launched the Sustainable Budget Project in September to document the rise in government spending over the past decade. And the results are clear. Overspending is the problem, not we're not paying enough in taxes. Between 2013 and 2022, annual spending by the 50 state governments, excluding federal funds, increased 51.7%. Total annual federal spending rose 69.4% during the decade, more than three times as fast as the 21.6 increase in the rate of population growth plus inflation. 
if government grows faster than this rate, then it is growing faster than what the average taxpayer can afford. Had the federal government limited the growth in spending to the maximum of the population growth rate plus inflation during that decade, in 2022, the federal government would have spent $1.6 trillion less than it did, resulting in a $200 billion surplus. If the federal government had done this over the past two decades, the national debt would have increased by less than $500 billion instead of $19 trillion. Or if you just say spending is going to remain the same from the federal government, mm-hmm. okay, that's the difference that it would make. If state governments had limited spending growth to the rate of population growth plus inflation during the last decade, they would have spent $1.39 trillion in 2022, $344 billion less than the $1.74 trillion they actually spent. Hmm. Had the federal and state governments simply grown no faster than the rate of population growth plus inflation, taxpayers could have been spared at least $2 trillion in taxes and debt in 2022 alone, and trillions of dollars more over time. The U.S. hasn't needed drastic budget cuts over the last 20 years, just slower, more sustainable debt growth. Our project defines each state overspending problem by providing a dollar figure spending ceiling and allowing anyone to see how government spending in a state has grown relative to the rate of population growth plus inflation. It will publish and promote an annual benchmark level spending for every state, which lawmakers must not exceed if they want to keep the state spending Uh, In check, limiting state spending to the Sustainable Budget Project benchmark isn't impossible. Lawmakers in more states are beginning to implement the sort of structural reforms necessary to slow the rate of government spending to a sustainable clip. During the past decade, Colorado and Texas have demonstrated this can be done. Colorado spent a cumulative $12.8 billion less over the past decade than what it could have been available under the benchmark. State lawmakers could have dramatically cut the state's individual income tax. Instead, there's a push in Colorado to raise taxes and destroy the taxpayer's Bill of Rights, the state's constitution uh, requirement that all tax increases be subject to voter approval and revenue collected in excess of the state's spending cap be refunded to taxpayers. Texas spent $16.4 billion less than the benchmark over the past decade, savings that could have been used to eliminate its gross receipt-style franchise tax and other bad taxes. Rather than continuing to keep the state spending in check, Texas lawmakers instead passed the largest state budget in the state's history this year. Excessive spending of the federal, state, and local governments deserves more attention. Tax rates are easy to identify, but there has been no objective binary metric to determine whether a state government spends too much By focusing on the rate of population growth plus inflation, the Sustainable Budget Project provides such a standard. Mm. So there you go. Now, the problem with it on the federal level is the entitlement programs, which you still have 
because you're you're not funding them the same way you used to fund them. Where it used to be, right. I think, where it, it used to be 10 to 1, every one person collecting, you had 10 people putting in. Now it's like 2.3 people to every one. There is no, there is no trust fund. Uh, there are the IOUs, but that comes out of the regular budget. They have to pay that. But all that ends by 2033, 2034. Well, we we will have paid everything from the that what you, they borrowed, and we will have paid everything back from that because the government's required to do it. You have people, I, I see it all the time on social media. Well, the government took money. If they only put that back in, they have. They're required by law to put it back in, so they have to use it each and every year. Mm-hmm. That's gone, you know, and that's that's adding to the debt. We're already adding to the debt because that's money that's been spent. And that money is coming from the debt because there's no choice. They have to pay that. Well, and you think about the political battles and there was, you know, that goes back to Paul Ryan. He wanted to kill the elderly because he wanted to slow the rate of growth in spending, not reverse spending, not cut spending, slow the rate of growth. And that's the political cell. When when we look at this situation, you know, this project is very meaningful. I think it is a it's a great model to look at and say, look, look where we could be if we did this. But Dave Ramsey's been around for decades and people still spend beyond their means. You can show them how to get out of debt. You can show them how to save money and become wealthier, how to grow your own wealth. Getting them to care is the beginning. And there's the political cell. You've got to get, because when you talk about this and you say, you know, look, you know, in 2022 alone, a difference of $2 trillion? That's huge. Now, the one in, thing in one yeah, year, the one thing they're leaving out, it's very, very important. Interest rates on the debt were kept more manipulated. We manipulated the dollar so we could buy our own debt. Right. So we manipulated the interest rate to nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that way. That's the problem that even if you. Even if you if you say we're just going to spend the same amount of money, let's say you did that, we're going to spend the same amount of money, mm-hmm. you'd have massive cuts because of the interest on the debt that exists right Which now. Which has been the problem of the debt getting to this point, yeah. you know, all along with all of us who actually are concerned about it. And when you see just the stories yesterday, I mean, I, I there was I was looking at the headline or the front page of the Drudge Report. There were four stories in a row. Interest rates going up, inflation yeah. hasn't been solved uh, yet. A possible recession on the way. The markets, you know, now we're we're negative for the year mm-hmm. in, in the in the stock market. Yeah. So you look at everything there, and you're just like, you know, nobody's paying attention to that. No, you really don't hear. And it. and mortgage rates, I mean, you know, at what eight uh, percent, getting close to eight percent, getting close to eight percent on the thirty year, yep. and we knew that was going to happen we knew that we were heading in that direction we've we've been watching it but it's not going to be reversed no but that's the problem is the debt 
may you know it may in a couple of years be costing us uh, a trillion more than it was just you know five six years earlier. Right, every year. And, and at that point, then that means you'd have to get have a trillion dollars in cuts, and that would have to be cuts somewhere. Right. And then Social Security and Medicare keep costing more and more and more and more as more baby boomers continue to be on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know with the low birth rate. I don't know what it's looking like in, you know, 30, 40 years. But I don't see that's the biggest problem, as you and I stated it a long time ago. The problem's going to be when they stop manipulating the interest rate so we can buy our own debt. Yep. That's going to be the problem at that point, and it's a prob- huge problem now. Uh, the 10-year Treasury bill, uh, 4.8%. Right. Six-month Treasury bill, which is how we finance our debt, by the way. People buy Treasury bills. Six-month Treasury bill now, 5.6%. Yeah. And we have more debt, more debt, more debt. And as you try to find more people to buy it because we can't do what we were doing, which was printing money to buy our own debt from the Fed, now that we're not doing that anymore, I don't know when interest rates are going to come down. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Well, if you look at it, we're probably closer to what, when you think about it, uh, I think of, uh, you know, the Treasury bill that I had in 97 Mm. that was paying me about Mm 5.6%. And it was either three or six months I was buying at the time. And, And so we're back to where it is. But the normal interest rates, the normal interest rates, because we haven't had normal interest rates, will still be killer because we always talk about the comparison, what has been and what is. We've been used to zero. Yeah, the leap, the difference, the rise in interest rates is what the difference is. And if you're, let's say the GOP takes the White House, the House, and the Senate in 24, in January 25, you're going to have a conversation about reversing all this because that's where the markets are right now. If you if you're watching all the analysts on the, you know, Fox Business, CNBC and everywhere else. Well, when when might this be reversed? They're all foaming at the mouth already. Hey, when can we get back to the whole zero interest thing? And that's the danger of all this. That manipulation in these wide swings. And here we are. I, I don't know what you do in January of 25, because I can't tell you what you do in October of 23. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So the uh, House will be out of session for a week. They're back next Tuesday. All right. So we probably won't hear any more. They're probably all heading home. I'm guessing that's the point. Get them out of the uh, eye of the media. Matt Gates is likely going to still be. I, I don't see how he's not on 
at least one, if not all, of the Sunday morning shows. But uh, then we'll see where the vote goes. They could be as early as next Wednesday. For uh, And Steve Scalise is making phone calls. We'll see if it ends up being Steve Scalise or who it might be. Trump! Taylor Swift, I think, is somebody we have to consider. Who can bring the people together, Gary? Yeah, That's what this is all about. Social media exploded. I mean, I just shake your head saying, come on, Republicans, get a life. Trump is not going to be the Speaker of the House. It's not going to happen. Stop it. Have an actual conversation about yeah. something that might actually happen. Be something that might be possible. Can we yeah. start dealing in reality? Yeah, please. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on West. Hey guys, welcome to the Candy Valentino Show. I'm Candy Valentino. I was a founder before I could legally order a drink. And for more than two and a half decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited multiple businesses in diverse industries. Now my goal is to help you by sharing the knowledge that I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, and the wisdom that I've developed over my journey. Bi-weekly episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Candy Valentino Show, wherever you listen. Every story eventually comes to an end. This June, hear the final episode of Season 2 of the hit podcast series, In the Red Clay, Durham. In the Red Clay tells the unbelievable true story of Billy Sunday Burt, the most dangerous man in Georgia history. In the podcast that people are calling riveting, incredibly moving, captivating, and addicting. Binge Seasons 1 and 2 of In the Red Clay now, wherever you listen.